back to another episode of the Five Real Lives Formula One podcast, a podcast focusing on all things Formula One and, you know, occasionally the odd other thing as well. Please don't forget to rate this podcast where available and be sure to follow our social media at Five Red Lights Podcast on Instagram and at Five Red Lights F1 on Twitter. Now, I didn't upload a review to the Austrian Grand Prix, unfortunately, on Tuesday. Sorry, the Styrian Grand Prix on Tuesday. That was due to just general, you know, poor planning and also the fact that England were playing, so I, I let myself off. But anyway, before getting into this preview of this weekend's Austrian Grand Prix, I thought I'd do a brief review of last weekend's Styrian Grand Prix. Now, rather than a review, because I don't want to talk about it for too long, as it's been a week and you all know what happened, this is going to be more of a summary of last weekend's race in Styria, um, as we have a race at the same circuit this weekend. Now, as everyone will know by now, Max Verstappen won the race by a very impressive 35 seconds from pole position. Now, obviously, he only won by 35 seconds because Hamilton pitted, um, right at the end because you know he can um, but you know the most exciting battle wasn't necessarily at the front as Verstappen was pretty clear for the whole race and shockingly Mercedes did actually admit or you know they kind of accepted to themselves they admitted to themselves that they simply didn't have the car to win that race which is I don't know if that's a position Mercedes have ever been in so that must have been awfully uncomfortable which probably explains why Hamilton was in the simulator this week which is something that he literally never does. But anyway, Bottas came third, of course, um, and Perez very nearly caught him. If they'd, if they'd pitted him like two laps earlier, realistically, I think Perez would have caught Bottas. Um, but the Bottas-Perez fight is almost as exciting, obviously not as high stakes, but, the, well, maybe not for Perez. I'm pretty sure he's got his contract extension, but... For Bottas, he needs to be beating Perez if he wants to be in that seat next year, but it's a good fight. Um, obviously, Lando Norris came fifth. He well, he was involved in a decent fight with Sainz for part of the race, but then that got buggered up by the fact that Sainz got stuck behind Lewis Hamilton for however long and then actually ended up unlapping himself uh, temporarily, at least anyway. Uh, Ferrari had... Um, well, Ferrari had a stronger weekend than I thought they would. They managed to pull some points back on McLaren. Obviously, Norris finished fifth, but then you had Sainz and Leclerc in um, sixth and seventh. Leclerc managed to... Well, he won driver of the day, but the only reason he had to do a recovery drive was because he cocked up his first lap and ruined Gasly's race himself anyway. So I'm not entirely sure I agree with that decision, but, you know, we move. Um, so, yeah, good performance from Ferrari. Obviously, the other McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo, down in 13th. He had an issue or whatever. Um, it, I don't think it was entirely his fault that he finished row started. He did make up quite a few places at the start and then he seemed to fall back. But, um, you know, it's not good enough really, is it? If McLaren want to be coming third in the constructors, they need Ricardo to be at least scoring points. Rounding out the points, we had Stroll, Alonso, and then Sonoda scored points. You know, good for him. Hopefully he can, um, you know, qualify this weekend in Austria. Uh, you know, he didn't really do... Well, I don't think he completed a flying lap in Q1 in the steering Grand Prix weekend, so let's hope he does a bit better. Obviously, yeah, he got out-qualified by, out by Gasly, but um, that kind of got nullified by Gasly being taken out by Leclerc. Um, of course, out of the points, Raikkonen, 11th, that's where the Alphas love to finish. Vettel, Ricardo, disappointing. Ocon, not really sure what happened to him. 
Giovinazzi in 15th, pretty standard. Schumacher 16th, ahead of Latifi remarkably, but I think Schumacher was, you know, he started ahead of Latifi. Those cars, depending on the situation, are both pretty dog. So, you know, props to Schumacher for finishing 16th out of 18 cars. You know, normally he finishes behind both Williams, then we had Latifi, then you had Mazepin. Obviously, George Russell was 6,000th of a second outside of Q3, which is literally heartbreaking. And watching quality, I've never been more disappointed. Um, but then again, you know, it's a sign that maybe, maybe, even though he himself said he didn't think they could, maybe they can replicate that this weekend. I'd personally like to see it because I'm a big Williams fanboy. Well, I'm a Russell fanboy, not a Williams fanboy. But it would be nice to see Russell. And, you know, it was running eighth at one point. That's ridiculous. Eighth in that Williams, well, well, that Williams was. Obviously, it's a better car now, but eighth. Um, and he looked on track for points, and he probably would have got them. Um, considering if he'd been eighth, um, the cars behind him, Stroll, Alonso, Sonoda, you know, maybe he'd have, he'd have got points. I w I'm confident he would have been able to get points had his car not broken down, which to be honest just sums up Russell's luck, isn't it? But it was a good race, obviously. I, I, I don't hate Hamilton, I don't hate Mercedes, I just do want to see something different. So seeing Verstappen and Red Bull um, increase their lead in the constructors is always very nice to see on a Sunday and um, speaking of increasing leads in the Constructors Championship um, I think that might happen again this weekend so let's move on from the summary of Austria and talk about the, the summary of the Styrian Grand Prix sorry and talk about this weekend's Austrian Grand Prix now obviously last year we had the Austrian followed by the Styrian this year it's the Styrian followed by the Austrian and I think this is the um, shortest amount of time it has ever taken for a country to host four Grand Prix. They've hosted four Grand Prix in less than a year, which is, well, well, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because no one likes to see people racing around the same track, but it's a nice track. The drivers love it. You've had, you know, none of the races have been entirely boring. Obviously, Austria, sorry, Styria, I keep doing that. Styria last weekend wasn't a classic, but, um, you know, not every race can be a classic. So, this weekend maybe better forecasted rain again don't think that'll happen but anyway as always um i'm recording this podcast with the luxury of the two, first two practices having taken place now unlike last week uh, mercedes did actually manage to top one of the practice sessions um, hamilton led home bottas and then verstappen in practice two however um despite that in practice one red bull did have the fastest time um verstappen led home the two ferraris with leclerc being the lead ferrari and bottas in fourth hamilton only came seventh with perez in eighth bit of a weird one there now of course this weekend is double headers it's not a thing that f1 tradition traditionally has um and they do provide some weird sort of quirks obviously i mean it's hard for me to find things to talk about because it's the same track, the same circuits, and let's be honest, it's not going to rain broadly the same conditions. That being said, the tyres are one step softer. So, for example, last week's mediums are this week's hards, and last week's hards are, you know, etc., etc., not here. Um, last week's softs are this week's mediums, and then the softer steps softer um obviously and i really can't tell what that necessarily means um 
Pirelli are potentially trying to force a two-stopper. However, the teams loathe two-stoppers and will find absolutely any way possible of not doing a two-stopper. Um, tire management might be more of a thing. Um, Perez probably will do his usual thing and make the softs last 50 laps somehow or something. Um, but I really can't tell what the lower... Um, what the softer compounds are going to mean for this weekend. With that being said, um, the Red Bull in the past, as was highlighted by Portugal, the Red Bull does love a soft tyre a lot more than a Mercedes loves a soft tyre because the Mercedes seems to be a lot harder on the tyres, a lot more degradation. Um, if France showed us anything, it's that the Ferraris aren't great with tyre degradation, so maybe Red Bull will be even further ahead. Um, if Verstappen manages to win by more than 30 seconds again, maybe he shouldn't do the burnouts because that would result in a penalty, as Massey was very quick to say after the last race. However, if if the effect of the um, softening tyres is to does end up distant, disadvantaging Mercedes, then Red Bull will inevitably extend their championship lead going into the next race in Silverstone. Now, obviously, um, I say obviously, Mercedes love a bit of Silverstone, but then obviously Mercedes in the past few seasons have loved every single track on the calendar. And um, just because they're doing, you know, you would expect to see Mercedes stronger Silverstone. Typically their car has loved a bit of a go around there. Um, but just going on the tangent for a second, if Red Bull can build up, you know, an even bigger points gap in these two Austrian races, as I thought, you know, especially after France would be the case, um, if Mercedes are suddenly super, super at home around Silverstone, then they can afford to, you know, you know, if Hamilton wins, say Hamilton wins that race, then Red Bull do have a bit of a cushion. And then if you look at the races after that, you've got Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, like they're all races that, well, Hungary in the past, is, Mercedes have loved a bit of it. However, Max has never gone terribly around there. Um, so potentially, Next week, it's next time out at Silverstone, a Mercedes win wouldn't be the worst thing ever because there are three races after that where, um, you know, Red Bull can pull it back. But anyway, that's a massive tangent. Let's go back to this weekend. After last weekend, um, you know, I said back to this weekend, but it's, re it's related. After last weekend, um, there was rumours about Mercedes having stopped development on their car. And while that may be true, they may have stopped development on this year's car and they are moving across to... Um, 2022 development um, that doesn't mean that they're not going to bring any upgrades because they could have upgrades that are planned for certain races because they know that you know it's going to be better on the car for that race is what they what is suited so just because they've stopped development don't don't expect that that means that the car is going to remain absolutely the same for the rest of the season obviously Mercedes aren't going to have anything new for this weekend or I'd be very very surprised if they did um, and it didn't appear they did in the first two practice sessions however um that, that's just another piece of evidence for the status quo not changing too much. Um, speaking of changes in the status quo, I'd be surprised, even though I said earlier it would be nice to see, I would be surprised if I saw Williams as close to Q3 because as Russell and every single person in F1 acknowledges, the Williams is extremely, extremely, extremely temperamental. Um, and if it's anywhere outside of its operating window, then it just does not seem to want to go fast. So it would be, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Russell was as up there as he was 
at the start of the Styrian Grand Prix before he unfortunately retired. Obviously, um, I, I expect him to get into Q2. That's kind of what he does now, but getting as close to Q3 as last time, probably not going to happen. And, you know, admittedly, he was aided by... Arguably, Sonoda would have been up there. Uh, obviously, Schumacher crashed in Q1. He wouldn't have been up there, but Sonoda crashing did probably help Russell get a bit closer than would have been than he would have been entirely on merit had every car finished Q1. Mazepin's been pretty vocal in the press conferences about being completely lost with the aero on the Haas, so don't expect anything new there. And obviously, Schumacher's come out and said that he's wonky in the car, so don't expect anything there either. Obviously, pretty much right Haas off. We don't even need to consider them. Alfa Romeo, don't expect points, don't expect them to be last. Honestly, one of the most boring teams on the grid this season, in my opinion. I'm just not impressed. They were fast in pre-season testing, but then obviously everyone else makes themselves look slower in pre-season testing, so I don't really know what's going on. Um, whatever. Alf Tauri, Alf Tauri. Gasly is either Superman and ridiculously outdriving this car, or Snowder is ridiculously underperforming. Um, I'd expect Gasly to be in Q3. I'd like to see Snowder in Q3. However, knowing Snowder, he'll bin it. Um, in Q1 or Q2 should he get there so can't really place them um, it's a shame we never got to see the potential pace of Gasly in the race last week however should he qualify highly I do expect him to be fighting with McLarens Ferraris um, I do think the McLarens and the Ferraris will probably just edge him in the race um, especially the McLaren of Lando Norris I'm not really sure what Ricardo is going to do but you know how it is um, moving on from Alfa Tauri we have Aston Martin now Speaking of Aston Martin, um, last weekend they didn't appear to necessarily be anywhere special. Um, they did have an odd outlier result in, in practice two today. Stroll fourth, Vettel fifth, Sonoda sixth, Gasly seventh. But then Perez was 11th. Both Ferraris were out of the top 10. So that was a bit of a whip off. And Ricardo was out of the top 10, but that seems to just be where he is now. So that seems to be a bit of an outlier. Um, I probably wouldn't read too much into that pace. The only interesting thing else to talk about about Aston Martin is that BWT want the car to be pink um, won't happen, Lauren Stroll won't let that happen, however Aston have said that they want their car, they're probably going to change the green colour at some point maybe later this season, maybe you know next season they're going to change the green because they're fed up of being um, mistaken for their rivals on TV because I mean I will admit the Aston does look a bit like a Mercedes from a distance however I do think that it's a bit flattering for the Astons to call Mercedes their rivals because let's be honest they're getting lapped every week but you know never mind um, Alpine I wanted to talk about Alpine's pace over through practice sessions however they had F2 bloke Guan Yu Zhou in the car um, I was a bit confused by that because I'm not really sure that he's their F1 prospect it's like he's third or you know I think he did a few races one it's like his fourth year in Formula 2 and um you know, generally, if you're not winning it in your first two years, you're not something special. Like Nick De Vries took three years and he got shipped off to Formula E, which is the motor racing, you know, outback. Might as well be, um, might as well be racing in the Clio Cup. No offense to any Formula E fans, but um, yeah. So obviously, Joe was in the car, but can't really look too much into that. And you know, Ill um, Ilot was in the car in Q1 for Alpha, but you can. I never really talk about Alpha anyway, unless they do something remarkable, like score a single point. But um, in practice too, when both usual drivers were in the car, 8th and 12th for 
Alpine with Ocon coming 12th, Alonso 8th. That's just pretty usual. I'd expect a repeat of next week. A lot of these teams I'd expect a repeat of last week. The only pe- the only team who I think might be the only two teams who I think might be negatively affected potentially, even though practice two wouldn't suggest this, um, are Ferrari and Mercedes because in the in the past few races the tyre management hasn't seemed to be as good as their competitors Ferrari absolutely shredded their tyres in um, France which is what I was trying to say Ferrari shredded their tyres in France it just the front tyres just absolutely melted off the car um, the Mercedes just ne- not necessarily tyre deg they just don't seem to be as comfortable on softer tyres the Red Bull seems to be a lot happier on softs and obviously with the softening compounds for this week that means that the mediums might be a bit more of a Red Bull tyre as well um, whereas you know they were rapid you, you know what I mean um, Red Bull will probably just be overall more comfortable but then again Mercedes I just really can't tell what's going on they might pull it back they might not you might put it on pole by three tenths or they might be four tenths behind it's it's really anyone's guess um, Red Bull I expect to win I expect a Verstappen pole and a Verstappen win I would take a Perez pole if he suddenly finds some rapid pace however I can't see it happening I'll just be happy if Perez outqualifies Bottas because I don't think Bottas deserves to be in that Mercedes which is something that I've said repeatedly however McLaren McLaren were fast last weekend um, obviously they got lapped but it's a short lap, um, and if you're not on the lead lap, if you're not, sorry, if you're not in the top teams, expect to get lapped. It's just going to happen. It's one of those things, like it's secure last year when the Williams got lapped like three times, like it just happens. But um, I'd expect McLaren to be best of the rest again. I'm not sure with the softening tyre compounds, Ferrari will be able to compete with them, which is a shame. Um, but I expect McLaren and Ferrari to be close the next time out at Silverstone but this isn't a podcast about Silverstone even though I've talked about it a lot I just like it Um, but yeah I do expect McLaren to be pretty clear of the rest of the midfield and when I say McLaren I mean Norris because I'll be surprised if Ricardo manages to get into Q3 because he just does not seem to want to do it Um, like he said in an interview all his old tricks and all his old strengths do not translate to the McLaren which is a shame because his old tricks and his old strengths like the late braking and what made him good and if he can't use those in the McLaren then they might as well like you might as well put Gasly in there Um, who has been contacted by some teams for a seat I wonder who Um, I really don't know actually I was thinking about this when I saw it because Gasly's yeah maybe I'll do an episode on that when we figure it out I hope it's for a race seat and not a reserve seat with the promise of a seat in the future but yeah anyway if I had to make I don't know how many predictions should I do I'll do three um, because I'm not too confident we are going to see Latifi get into Q2 Max is going to win and an Alpha Tauri no no not an Alpha Tauri what am I thinking no yes both Alpha Tauris are going to get into Q3 um, because I think Snowd is good um, a lot of these tracks a lot of the tracks this season he has suffered out of lack of experience like Monaco etc um, he drove around back he drove around Austria in F2 did quite well um, you know He's having a weekend here already. He's having another weekend. I think with a bit of experience under his belt, Snowder is capable of getting his half tower into Q3. So that's my third prediction. Now I've said that, it's going to be 
Latifi's going to crash at the first corner of Q1. Hamilton's going to win by a minute. And neither Alfatari is going to get into Q3. But I know a man can hope. And I hope my jinx isn't that strong. Anyway, thanks for listening. And a review of this, uh, the Austrian Grand Prix will be released on Tuesday. It will be released on Tuesday this week. I've not got anything on on Tuesday. I was very busy earlier this week. It will be released on Tuesday. If you enjoyed, please follow the podcast and give it a rate where possible. Don't forget to follow our social media at 5 Red Lights Podcast on Instagram and at 5 Red Lights F1 on Twitter. Cheers again, and uh, I'm going to say let's pray for a good race on Sunday. However, last weekend wasn't particularly engrossing. I do think this weekend will be better. But anyway, cheers. Bye.